0: You are now listening to The Grio's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified.
1: Hello and welcome back to Writing Black. This is your host, as always, Maisha Kai, lifestyle editor here at The Grio, And today I have a pair of guests who I'm super excited to talk to, um, you know, you will be very familiar with at least one of these guests, but really should be familiar with both. This is Kevin and Melissa Fredericks, also known as Mr. and Mrs. Kev on Stage. And by Kev on Stage, I mean the NAACP nominated Kev on Stage. <laughs> That's yes. 2023. Call, yes.
0: And Melissa is uh, also nominated as well.
1: Listen, and I missed that part. So for, please forgive me, Melissa. Uh, no you worries. know, we've got a pair of influencers here. That doesn't always happen for us. Um and a pair of influencers who are not only married but have written a book on the topic called Marriage Be Hard. And uh I, you know, part of the reason I was excited to do this, I, I follow you both on social media and um you know have been delighted by your content for years, delighted by your family and watching them grow and all of that good stuff. Hi, Isaiah,
0: welcome to the show. Oh yeah, nice to meet People you. People have
1: requested um in the comments to see you here. But you said before that you didn't want to be here, and now you're here, so that's great. Um, so I know this- your podcast, the love hour, I know mm. you're no longer doing it, but you know we were happy it was there. And as somebody on the precipice of marriage myself that's a that's a new disclosure to our listeners uh, but you know we're not we're not here about that. I was very interested in marriage be hard, so I'm gonna just start right in. Like, you know, wh- you've been talking about love for years, but why did you feel it was the right time to write a book on this? And and you know, 18 years into your marriage now, or maybe going on 19, I would assume. But now that the book has been published, you know, why did you feel the time was right to really put this to the page and bring this to? Uh, your respective audiences and hopefully new ones.
0: Yeah, I think uh, we have been doing the Love Hour podcast and we knew we were sunsetting that. And I think we wanted to kind of encompass everything we had learned up until that point. Mm-hmm. We definitely wanted to write the book that we wish we had to read before we got married. Um, in our early parts of marriage, we would be asking questions about marriage and, hey, man, this is not going right. And everybody around was like, no, this is perfect. This is fine. Y'all gonna be, just make it to year two, year five, year seven. Like, yeah, but how you get there with the intact, you know, how you how you, how you you handle this and that there. And I think that's uh, our book, much like, our, uh, like the podcast was about um, being honest about our relationship as it was happening. You know, uh, Marriage Be Hard isn't a book from two people on the mountaintop of a successful marriage looking down at you and telling you, here's how you get up here, kids, while you struggle. It's about people who are climbing alongside you saying, hey, that rock right there is sturdy, but the one over there is a little loose, so don't grab that one. And I think that authenticity is what drew people to the book, is that we were really trying to be as open and honest about our relationship in the hopes that you know people could l- glean from us and you know we could help where we could while we navigated the world As it was.
2: If you and your spouse are going to build a healthy life together, you will need to get comfortable visiting and revisiting a whole range of topics together. From infidelity to sex to the way you navigate fights and disagreements, you're even going to have to talk about talking. Yeah, I think with the love hour being. Uh, however many episodes we did I don't even know Um, you know sometimes people need a central location of some of the best Mm. information Mm -hmm. that we were able to offer through the love hour and I think the book is our I don't want to call it our gift but our our offering back to our audience as we were closing the love hour that's like this is if you miss the episode this book is going to have the information for you it's kind of a one stop shop of everything we learned um, and shared on the podcast in book form. And then there's, you know, obviously some stuff that uh, isn't all shared in the podcast. You know, there's some new things in there as well. But it's
1: also just our offering as we were closing that specific chapter um, of our lives. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, obviously being uh, partners in life and in work is no small feat. And I think, you know you all do a really artful job here of, you know, not just taking us through the trajectory of your relationship, but uh, the trajectory of what partnership really looks like. And that it's something that has to be even the most powerful of couples. Cause you know, we always, you know, power couples are so aspirational. I think you guys are aspirational, but what that means to um, have to kind of like level up together again and again and again and readjust again and again and again. And I want to really, like, dig into that whole thing because I think, like, one of the most refreshing things I found about the book was that uh, we hear both of your individual voices. It wasn't just like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. we're just gonna, you know, write a thing and put both our names on it and maybe there's a ghost ghostwriter. We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. like, we really got <laughs> these individual takes from each of you, these individual perspectives of uh, unique situations that I think almost all of us have encountered (laughs) Um, and, you know, tell me about the process of writing this book, like how you came together to kind of craft these, uh, what ended up being a really great and unified piece. Thank you. Um, definitely a ghostwriter. Um, listen, <laughs> uh, shout out to the ghostwriters. Uh, and, yes. and I want to have more of them here on Writing Black because people do not credit them enough. And I love it when people do. Uh, so, yeah. yes, on that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> shout out to her. She was actually really, really phenomenal, actually, and intricate. Who like is your ghostwriter? lot so of we know. The, her name is... Ooh. Don't give me the line. Laura Hopper? Yes. Okay. Yes, All Laura right. Hopper. Fact. Um, yes, thank you. So when we
0: start talking about it, I was like, I know it. I know <laughs> yeah. it.
2: She uh, is phenomenal. She was a fan and listened to the podcast, like, faithfully. Um, and so she was just really, really great. But the process of writing this book was... Um, extremely, like, therapeutic on both ends. So, on one end, it's therapeutic because you're able to, like, remember how far you've come. So, we shared the story from our honeymoon when we went to Ruth's Chris, and mm. we couldn't afford to walk through the door. There was no reason we were <laughs> in. I don't know why we made the reservation to this That was stay. your honeymoon? <laughs> yeah, it was our honeymoon. We thought it was a good idea. Let's go. <laughs> we're gonna have a steak. It's gonna be fantastic. Um, and couldn't afford the menu.
0: Before our honeymoon, the most expensive restaurant we had been to was Red Lobster on prom night. For the record, Melissa got the Admiral's Feast for $22.99. At Ruth's Chris, I saw that the least expensive entree was the $36 stuffed chicken breast. We figured we would order two chicken breasts and ask the waitress what it came with. It's a la carte, she said. I didn't speak French, with the exception of a la mode. She explained that the sides were 11 or $12 each. I did the math in my head and came to the conclusion that if we ordered dinner, we would live in Ruth's Chris because there will be no money left for the cab back to the hotel. I asked the waitress to give us a few minutes to decide what we wanted. When she walked away, I turned to Liz. We can't afford to eat here, I said. When no one was looking, we made an exit through the kitchen, down an alley, and around the corner to a burger joint where we got two cheeseburgers for $11.
2: So, like, we needed to get up out of there. But then we went there again. Like, we had never gone from a honeymoon up until our 10th year anniversary. And it's just... Again, that's just one of those stories that's very much, um, man, we've come a long way. Like, even since our 10-year anniversary, we're approaching 19 years this year. It's almost 10 years later since then. Yeah. Yeah. So um, even that is just like, man, we've come a long way. I, I, I have the memories, I was just sharing this, of... We lived in Washington State. Kevin didn't have a car. He was working at Burger King and couldn't get a ride home at 10 o'clock at night when it closed. And I'm begging my mom to let me go pick up my new boyfriend from Burger King so he doesn't have to walk home. Like, we have all of those uh, those memories. And being you don't think about that all that often in the book because they're constantly like, We need a story. Give Man. us another story. What about another story?
0: Like, girl, this is my whole life. I, like, everything in my life is in here.
2: Listen, I've only lived one life. I'm giving <laughs> you the stories, okay? Um, but it forces you to recall and recount and remember. And so, in some ways, that's it's a gift the book gave to us. Um, this other thing I also would call a gift, it just came differently packaged, okay? Um, the other thing <laughs> is that it also allowed you to uh, realize that there's a pile of laundry that you've walked past for years and no one has sorted it no one has cleaned it no one has gone through to say this is too small we should stop doing it. i don't wear that anymore mm. hey actually this is dingy let me get rid of it actually i love this can we start doing this like can i start wearing this again we haven't we we didn't go through our dirty laundry mm-hmm. it was a pile over there we walked past it every day child but we just <laughs> wasn't going through it and so the book also allowed us to do that as well, to actually, we're talking about this stuff. Well, if we're gonna talk about it, let's be about it. Mm-hmm. You know, let's yeah. let's go through and sort sort all of this through. Let's have these conversations. Let's start therapy. Let's do the things and act out on the things that we're talking about in the book. Yeah. So again, another gift. It just came differently packaged. <laughs> uh,
1: listen, you know, I, a. I think we all know now why you are also a t- 2023 NAACP Image Award nominee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. But yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I. I was stunned by so many things in this book and I, I want to get into all of them. And especially, you know, I love that you just pointed out the fact that you guys are like, you know, almost 19 years in the game and you are not aged people. So we're going to get into that in just a second when we come back with more Riding Black with Kevin and Melissa Fredericks and Marriage Be Hard. All right, we are back with more Writing Black and Kevin and Melissa Fredericks, also known as Mr. and Mrs. Kev, on stage. If you don't know them, you should, because they are so much fun, both individually and together. And together they wrote Marriage Be Hard, um, which is a, I think, a a really wonderfully refreshing and groundbreaking uh, memoir and, uh, you know, compendium of advice on how to be married, how to stay married, how to navigate marriage. (laughs) Come on. And I I just really, um, I personally appreciate it. I'm sure your listeners and your readers and your fans have appreciated it. But really, your story, I mean, you guys have been together at this point, I would assume, over half your lives. Longer than we haven't. Yes, longer than than you haven't. So, you know, you start in high school. You know, you, you meet... You know, uh Kev describes you, Melissa as like, you know, he walks into the room and he's stunned by your beauty and oh. you know, and and, and not I just your beauty, but your presence, like the way you commanded a room. I'm seeing it here. I get exactly what he got. I'm like, <laughs> I get it. You. Like, Thank you. well, no, because you're you're the kind of person I'm like, I want to be your friend, I wanna hang out. Like, you know <laughs> you know, that's and that's a unique quality. Um, but you also talk about, you know, both of you being. Churched, which you know, mm. um, I think black folks. I think black folks, whether you're churched or not, you at least know churched people, and so you're absolutely like, wow. Yeah, that's a lot to to come with. And I think you were really brave in in this book in tackling the ways in which the church both enabled in many ways, but mm-hmm. also maybe kind of um, hindered. Hindered is the best. That's an excellent word. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hindered. <laughs> your your marriage, especially in those early days. Um, I know I, I want people to read this book, so I don't want to spoil too much, but I would love to hear you guys talk about it.
2: Yeah, I think that you know, no person in authority over whether it's a per, uh, your parents or you know a pastor they mean you no harm mm-hmm. they are 100 percent, absolutely doing the best that they can with the information that they have in front of them yeah. it is a grace as i just said this as a 40 year old woman I offer my mom, my, both my parents, but my mom specifically, because I am now a woman, yeah. I offer her so much grace retroactively because I just couldn't understand as a teenager what she was going through as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, as, an, as a career woman. Mm-hmm. As a, like, I just couldn't understand it. And now that I'm almost 40, I'm approaching 40, I'm like, ooh, girl. I understand it in a way I didn't understand. So I'm gonna offer you some retroactive grace because I understand you was doing the best you could. And that's essentially that's church people, okay? Listen, they doing the best they can. (laughs) Okay? They don't mean us no harm. And there is a lot of grace that I extend. However, but also plus. Okay? Also and as well, I like
1: to say. Yes.
2: Come on. Also (laughs) and as well.
0: When you grow up in the church, marriage is set up for you as a fairy tale. A promise that if you follow the rules, you'll get everything you ever wanted and more. But sometimes, that promise doesn't deliver. We had those expectations, but when we got the reality of what marriage is, the reality we didn't see at the end of movies, when the prince and princess ride off on beautifully groomed horses, we weren't prepared for much of what we found. That
2: doesn't mean it didn't come without unintentional harm. Unintentional trauma, unintentional, you know, I call it brainwashing sometimes that, you know, affects me in a very real way to this day, especially when you're talking about sexuality. Like that is something that... We got to do better. We got to do better as Black people. We got to do better as Black church people, as, you know, Christians. We have to do a better job of, I always want to say reconciling, but reconciling is to assume that they're opposing and they're not. Mm -hmm. Christianity and sexuality were designed together. We separated Mm -hmm. them not god and for some reason we have surrounded sex and sexuality with so much shame yes that even when we're talking about you know marriage and you know that's where christians believe that sex is you know that's the sacred ground in which you can enjoy sex and you're still walking in
1: shame. Right.
2: That We're doing something wrong now. Come on. Yeah. We got, we're doing something wrong. We have to do better about um, teaching people to enjoy sex, to explore their bodies, to to recognize it as something that God created and Absolutely. said was good.
1: Yeah. No, I love that. I and went I, off on know, a tangent a little you bit. You really didn't, though, because like you know, one of the things I loved about the book, uh, actually, Kev, it was your take as well, where it's like, you know, God didn't just create marriage you know or or unions that god created pleasure you know like we yeah. are anatomically <laughs> you yes. know yes designed to not just procreate but to create pleasure for ourselves and for others and i think that that's a discussion that we don't always have particularly mm-hmm. those of us who are rooted in the church tradition and i love that that is something that you as a couple um had to navigate and that you shared that journey with us. Cause I don't think it's an easy one. And I and and, and it's one that I, oddly, you know, I can say this is a woman who is well into her forties now. It comes up again and again. It does it's not a stagnant conversation. It's not like you just figure out one day like, Oh, I like these things. And that's like your life for the next 50 years. Like mm-hmm. no. that changes and changes. It changes in the scope of a relationship and it definitely changes in the scope of a marriage. We're going to get into that a little bit more. Cause I'm, I want to delve into the chapter sex be hard, but we're going to do come it and, and not always in that good way. Um, but I'm going to get into it in just one second. When we come back with more writing black, we are back with more writing black and, Melissa and Kevin Fredericks, also known as Mr. and Mrs. Kev, on stage, who have written Marriage Be Hard. And, you know, you guys, listen, I know you say it be hard. Y'all make it look easy. I know it's not always easy. It's a lie. (laughs)
0: It's a lie. (laughs) I don't know if we, like, we might make it look easy. I didn't mean to interrupt you from your question. No, (laughs)
1: listen.
0: I think on social media, we all post our best picture. Yeah. Right? We take our best selfie, you know, there's some pictures that we was at the NAACP Image Award um, nominee luncheon, and I, I was wearing a white undershirt. I used to wear black. And I was I was taking my picture on the exhale. And I said, dang, I got to go on the suck in. But I didn't take the picture. If that was me, that picture would have never got posted. I go, you go, let me suck in and then take the picture. But I think um, we, as people, fill in the blanks positively as long as you're not posting the negative. Mm-hmm. And very few people are like, well, me and her just got into an argument, and here's how we look right now. Let's post that. We just don't do that as people. So people tend to think, oh, it's perfect, it's great. Look at how beautiful they both are, and how tall and handsome he is, and how physically fit he is, and how just like, man, That's what exactly a what Jason doing. Momoa, Idris Elba, Kevin on stage, Jonathan Major, what is the difference? And I know people feel like that. But there is a difference, especially between those three. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that's another reason we wrote the book, is because you can see these pictures, but now look at the behind the scenes of this and understand that we do love each other immensely, Mm -hmm. but we also are working to love the current version of each other. Mm -hmm. And that's works, this book is like, is what that work looks like.
1: (laughs) That's real, that's real. Um, And I want to talk about it more. We're going to do that when we come back with more Riding Black and Kevin and Melissa Fredericks in a moment. We are back with more Writing Black and Kevin and Melissa Fredericks. So you might know them as Mr. and Mrs. Kev on stage. And if you haven't read it already, you should be reading Marriage Be Hard because I am personally getting so much out of it. You know, I promised earlier I was going to talk about sex, and I do want to talk about it because um, sex be hard, yo. <laughs> like I think people sex think like hard. sex like be hard. hard, yo. Whether whether you are whether you're starting out at it or um. uh, you know. Trying to spice it up, or you know, I, listen. I, I'm a woman of a certain age now, and I, I will say, it, hormones, homo- hormones be hard.
0: Be hard. Hormones be hard. <laughs> hormones be hard. You're just be like hormones be don't, hard. Uh, get away from me. First of all,
2: <laughs> who asked you to come over here acting like that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> i had a routine i knew how this went you
2: know i did you here messing stuff up now sit down somewhere
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know i'm always interested and this is usually a question i don't get to ask anybody except for like the romance writers that i interview i'm always interested in when you are writing sex you know talking about sex is never easy it's not easy in person um i, I don't know i i have not written about sex yet uh i'm sure it's on my horizon as a writer but uh You know, you are churched folk. Um, Tell me about the process of writing a whole chapter on sex, even within the construct of marriage, which, you know, is supposed to be more acceptable. But uh, tell me about this, how this how this went. You know, I don't.
2: um, Now I'm starting to think like maybe I probably should have felt a little bit of a heavier burden about writing it Mm. but i really didn't and i think the reason i know i'm like ooh, i don't know if that's right though but i think the reason why is because i really do believe that um you help people through your transparency Mm -hmm. and i think that we do grow i mean to the point of social media and this idea that we paint for people we grow up thinking that like our lives are so isolated and unique and different everyone else is out here living a perfect life every you know social me- let social media tell it mm. people have a new outfit every single day when they work out Man. their yes. refrigerators are neatly and nicely organized their house is always immaculate
0: Man. and
1: their
2: marriages are perfect and they always kids- have the
1: good light
2: oh mm. the lighting's always perfection <laughs> and their kids pose in pictures
0: Right. <laughs> like, that's so funny that you mentioned that because we just posted family pictures. pictures I, and saw, like, them. I saw them. Jojo smiled the whole way through. No. That boy smiled in the pictures you see. There was a There's time where 68 he was not, more pictures where he, he looked was like,
2: like, I clocked out.
0: I clocked. He gave us well, a 28 charming. minutes. They were
1: too,
2: charming pictures. But <laughs> I was like, Lil' boy, I'm about to fire you out of my family. I literally <laughs> want you replaced. Like, how can I? I need someone new. Um, no, but I think that's what it is. And so when you think about your situation, the, okay, you're comparing the reality, okay, of your situation to what you're even believing yeah. of other people and you always feel like you are broken, yep. you're doing it wrong, mm-hmm. you ain't got it right, what's wrong with me, what's wrong with us, what's wrong with this, what's wrong with my kids, why my house ain't... All of these things, you know, you, listen, everybody got a beautiful white house, a white kitchen with the gold and the this and the that. And you're like, girl, and the I'm up in filler. here. pot Why they all have yes, pot fillers? Yes, the pot fillers. pot fillers. Listen, <laughs> and you're like, not me in here with this dry wood.
0: <laughs> listen. And this
2: carpet, and my lights are yellow. Like, I don't even have natural light. <laughs> Like
0: people's houses be dirty on Wednesday.
2: Come on,
0: you clean it up on the weekend and probably clean on Monday, but on Wednesday you going through it.
2: Listen, that that's that's real real life, and I think that's the thing about sex. We have to remember that it's hard for a lot of us.
0: Man, a lot
2: of us have things that we have been that we believe about ourselves. We have things that we believe about sex, about how it should work, how it should operate, how I should look, how I should. Da, 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 da. And when it doesn't match up to whatever this ideal you have, child, that is that is ripe ground yes. for mm-hmm. conflict. Mm-hmm.
0: I totally agree with Melissa. I think um what we brought to the table is an honest look at sex that I think most people who are living in their truth know, right? Like One of the, I I, I hesitate to say a mistake because it wasn't a planned mistake, but nevertheless still a mistake. One of the biggest mistakes I made coming into marriage was letting media infiltrate my mind and set me up for what I thought sex would be like, right? I didn't have parents, I keep kicking you, I'm sorry, I do this a lot with my toes, I didn't realize it. But I didn't have You just want to my... be close. I yeah. do, I do. <laughs> I just want love on her. Uh, my parents weren't telling me, well, you know, son, you, you know, I know movies make it th- seem like you're gonna have sex every day. Me and your mother, you average about, you know, th- three to seven times a month, right? Nobody was telling me that. In the movies, it's hot and steamy as soon as you come home from work. So I'm expecting hot and steamy as soon as you come home from work. And the biggest problem was when we went to the honeymoon, we delivered on the promise of the premise. Right, because we down in San Diego or you know, San Francisco having some of our life. What I didn't anticipate is real life. You come home on Tuesday, and in Washington, you know, in the in the fall, it's dark, pitch black at 4:30, mm-hmm. and Melissa didn't worked all day, and I done worked, and she got a cook or I got a cleaner. That's not happening on your honeymoon. And then the real life starts to set in, but that part isn't shown in the movies. And my parents didn't warn me, and nobody at church warned me, and that's now my reality. So Melissa and I were like, why don't we talk about this part as well so people at least know what to expect and have they have something else to throw into their mind when you throw in the movies and the Fifty Shades of Grey and whatever you've watched and Players Club and Love Jones and all that stuff. Throw in that sometimes y'all gonna have sex and it's just gonna be real quick because she loves you and real quick (laughs) because he loves you and y'all just gonna have a, a fast food burger of sex every night ain't the two-hour experience at the mm-hmm. steakhouse.
1: Every, every, right, it ain't Ruth's Chris. Every it time it ain't Ruth's Chris. Chris.
0: <laughs> Some days it's just, well, I got to stop by Chick-fil-A and get these nuggets because I don't feel like cooking and I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's going to mm-hmm. be like that. And you're going, listen, your stomach going to appreciate them all. But I think that's kind of how our approach was um, so that you would understand if you're reading that this is a more accurate look at what your life is going to look like. And that's going to change when you have kids. It's going to change if she's pregnant. After pregnancy, kids age, grow with health issues, that's all gonna be changing along with everything else in your life changing. So that was our approach.
1: I love it. We are going to uh, get back into that. And another word that comes up a lot in in this book, uh, which is vulnerability. So I want you all to meditate on that, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Fredericks. And we will be right back with more Writing Black. All right, we are back with more writing black and Melissa and Kevin Fredericks. Who you know, I'm just so delighted to have you guys here. You know, we really pull in. I love that. I love hearing that. We really try to pull in, you know, writers from across genres, across experiences, and this is just so refreshing to me to have a couple on because we don't typically have more than one writer on at Mm. a time. So this is exciting, and to have you all giving us. you know, such a lens into your relationship, I think, is really fun too. Because again, both of you are well known on social media. Both of you are, are great at what you do. Um, but you know, you you really are letting us into the the mechanics of what makes your marriage work. And I think you know some real tools that those of us who are navigating marriages ourselves you know, or even just, you know, committed relationships can use to make them work. And you know, transparency is huge, but another word that comes up a lot in marriage be hard is vulnerability. And I think like it comes up a lot for a reason. I think it's the hardest thing for most of us to navigate. Even those of us who are out of relationships, we look at like, you know, the way social media works these days and the posturing that people do. And I really think a lot of that is due to a fundamental lack of Empathy, but to have empathy requires vulnerability, right? It requires being in touch with your own emotions. So I would love to hear about how each of you in your own ways uh, discovered how to make vulnerability a regular component of your lives and your marriage.
0: Sure. You want to jump in? Go ahead. You, sir. Um, For me, I remember Melissa's request for more vulnerability before it was worded that way. Mm. It started off as, uh, I want to have more deep conversations. I feel like we're con- not connecting as much. So, you know, my first answer to that was when I come home from work, I'll turn my phone off and I won't be distracted because I was only answering to the connection part. That wasn't quite it. And the deep conversations, I'm like, girl, we used to do that when we was young, you know, we on the phone all night, you know what I'm saying, DVD, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, I know you now, right? And that wasn't quite it. And then as we aged and learned more the words were vulnerab- vulnerability and and what that looked like for me to her was sharing my excitement but also my fears yeah right at that point i was still under the belief that a man held his problems in and he didn't share any fears with his wife that's what a man did cuz that's what my dad did he didn't share any issues like that so to be afraid was to be weak for me uh, but to share that fear with my wife was to be vulnerable. So it's still a work in process. Uh, we were just having a conversation last night. Melissa had asked me something, and I was, I was dancing around the question. And the answer she just kept asking and asking and asking, not in a nagging way, but like in a direct, well, let me be clear. Here's how, what I'm asking. Well, let me be even more clear. Here's what I'm trying to get at. Here's what I'm trying to solve for. So that allowed me to realize I wasn't really being honest, or I wasn't I was being honest. I wasn't being vulnerable right? Because I was trying to protect her or trying to protect myself. So that vulnerability looked like answering the question that she was asking, even though that meant that her response might not be what I'm asking for at the time, Mm -hmm. but she was going to make that attempt. And I remember saying last night, that was very vulnerable for me to say that to you, because if it doesn't work out, now I've exposed myself to the opportunity that things might not pan out the way I want them to. And that to me is part of vulnerability. Like, sharing your truth beyond just the successes, sharing your fears, sharing your honesty, um, <clears throat> not necessarily trying to protect your partner, not necessarily being mean. I don't mean to be unkind, but sometimes in our relationship, at least, we ended up hurting each other, trying to protect each other mm-hmm. from what you, Well, I don't know how she's going to take this, so I'm just not going to say it. Or I'm not going to word it that way. You can share your honesty in a kind way and, and not protect your partner and let them, you know, uh, wrestle with that on their own, but we avoided that with each other trying to protect each other. And it ended up in our relationship having a, a backfiring effect, right? Trying to protect her ended up being, hiding stuff from her or shielding her st- from stuff or not sharing my honesty. So vulnerability is a lot of those things. But for me mainly, it's about sharing the whole 360 degree yeah. villi- of my feelings, not just what I want her to know, not just what I think she can take.
2: The lack of clear communication between us made me feel like my contribution wasn't valued and that my husband didn't want to work with me. It was a clear case of bad communication, but the check-in allowed us to work through our feelings, hear each other, understand each other, and end up on the same page.
0: A lot of times, we fail to effectively communicate for fear of what our partners will think, feel, or say. We think we're protecting their feelings, but theirs end up getting hurt. I have started encouraging Melissa to speak up for herself because for too many years, I was writing Melissa's responses for her in my head, and those responses were always negative.
1: But also, yeah, show me where you hurt, right? Show me
0: where you hurt. Show me your fears. Let me know how that made you feel. Even saying stuff like, what you said hurt my feelings. Like, as a Black man, I felt like, well, you you ain't never hurt my feelings. I'm a man. You can't hurt me. But you can't. bulletproof, right? And you did. (laughs) And I'm not bulletproof. <laughs> right. And when you left, I was like, mm. and right. I didn't like you. Yeah. Right? So sharing that did not feel manly. It felt like the contrariness to man- manhood. But that is also vulnerable. And that allows her to understand what she does that hurts me so that she cannot do those things and vice versa. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, vulnerability is really exposing yourself to harm. And I think the reality is we do, like, love. So is
1: marriage, isn't it?
2: Exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what I was going to (laughs) say. The reality is we do a lot of things every single day that exposes us emotionally to harm. Yeah. I think sometimes when you're like kind of keyed in on it, that's when we shield, like we begin to feel like we need to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, the beauty in relationship and what I, the beauty that I'm finding in our relationship is recognizing that um, all of that is safe with you. That is when you get to the depth of a relationship that is so like, I know you got me because I've shared every I've given you the ammunition Mm. to turn around and hurt me and instead you've embraced it and you've protected it mm-hmm. that's love that's relationship that's marriage that's the beauty and the separation of a marriage and the relationship you might you have with your mama or your sisters or your kids or your best friend is that i would hope the person that you can be fully exposed to is your partner yeah and that's what i'm you know that's what i'm striving for so even when um, I often talk about vulnerability. I often talk about transparency. All of these components um, that I say are required for communication, uh, <clears throat> It's honesty, transparency, and vulnerability. But mm-hmm. all of these components that are um, needed for communication, if you feel like you know your relationship is superficial or you feel like, oh, we're just not getting to, it's probably because you're like, I feel like you're we're not all the way, we're not all the way connected. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like there is something missing and I'm not the truest, rawest, most authentic, most vulnerable person with you. And we all need that safe space to take off the armor, to take, you know, listen, we black over here. You got to go out the threshold of your door. Yeah. And if you're a black man, there's a lot of armor you have to put on. Yeah. There's a lot of pretending and tap dancing and different things you have to do to be accepted. Uh, You know, I'm black, I'm tall, let me look less harm. Let me smile. Let me take my hood off. Let me do, oh, I'm a woman. Let me not say that with so much attitude. Let me not snap Mm -hmm. my fingers. Let me not appear to be sassy. Let me, girl, with my partner, I should be able to just be. Mm. I should be able to just be. And that form of being is vulnerable because I'm gonna let you see me, not in the performative me, that I have to do when I leave the threshold. I get to be authentically me. And you get to decide if you like it. You get to decide once you see it if you're going to stay with me and love me in spite, despite,
1: and because of. Yes.
0: That's good. Yes. That was a really good, Liz.
1: Yes. You better preach. I mean, I was sitting there and I was like, that's right. Because jumping in the broom and walking over that threshold are two different things. Come hey, on. Man, I just said? really, I really appreciate that. That was really, uh, yeah,
0: She's very profound.
1: She is super profound. I'm super sitting there profound. like, okay, And it just man, flows
0: out of her like water out of it. a faucet. I love it, I love <laughs> it, I love it. I
1: love it. Um, you know, I do want to say, you know, first of all, thank you guys so much for for coming on the podcast and being you, so honest, transparent, and vulnerable with your truth. I And also, thank you for this book. And I want to say the full title of the book, which, you know, I think really, if people haven't engaged with it yet, you know, we're talking about love right now. Valentine's Day is upon us. And, you know, marriage be hard. Is part of the title, but it's Marriage Be Hard, 12 Conversations to Keep You Laughing, Loving, and Learning with Your Partner. So this isn't just, you know, you guys dishing on your personal narrative. It's also, you know, how we can all kind of navigate and it gives us a kind of touchstone and a guidebook to continue to use. And I I, I can't, I, I personally thank you for that because um, I think we can all use it. But uh, what's next for you, I guess, as a couple and, and, uh, and individually, because you have these individual careers popping off. Well, that's a big question, apparently. TV and <laughs>
2: films child. A TV and I, films I was like, I don't
1: know why that side was so deep and long. And Listen, say, you know, I we got saw the, the family pictures the and I saw that a lot of people asked. They were like, when's the sitcom? We need to yeah.
0: see the you know, we want never the kids, see sitcom with those, those kids man. in it. <laughs> <laughs> Not Isaiah <laughs> and Josiah Fredericks.
2: My Joe yesterday, we actually <laughs> took a meeting yesterday. And um I was talking to him. I was like, "Joe, would you ever act?" And he was like, "Well, you know, I like to get paid. You know, <laughs> I like money." I was like, "Little boy, go on. Nah,
0: I won't cast him. He's <laughs> blackballed in my production. You're not casting
2: him. You said yeah. him. I ain't casting him. Our kids are so temperamental. They're regular okay. teenagers. You hear yeah, me? They are the regular temperamental teenagers.
0: Unless the show is about going to watch Marvel movies as a family, I don't know what else they would do They're, with excitement. They
2: are. They are the best.
0: <laughs> but no, TV and film is probably the best thing. The thing that we that we are working on that we'll be most excited to get. We don't have anything to announce as of yet, but um, that is what we are striving towards.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'm just going to double down that um, on the yet part, OK? Yeah. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, amen, yes. but also
1: plus always. We will be right back with more Writing Black. So, you know, this is Writing Black. It's a podcast about Black writers and, and words what do you read what inspires you what what books or writers have inspired you over the years
2: um over the years so I actually have uh two of my favorite uh they're actually audiobooks and they are my absolute favorite the first is Becoming by Michelle Obama I think she is a beautiful storyteller. Uh, she just shares a lot of her her life, her life's lessons, uh, being a wife, being a mother, being a Black woman in politics, like, you know, just sharing all of the things that is just, like, super, super relatable to me. And the audiobook specifically was just so beautifully done. I just... It's just... One of those experiences that I feel like audiobooks should be is Becoming. Um, The second, because I'm such like a, I'm not all the way into uh, fiction. I prefer nonfiction and like memoirs and self-help books. So the other one would be Will Smith's Will uh, is another book where I feel like he is just sharing his life. He shares um, a lot of his life's uh, learning lessons, and it's very uh, introspective and reflective. Um, And the book itself, the audio book itself is just so incredibly done with the, you know, there's music in there and there's news clippings and his voice. And it's just it's also extremely vulnerable. Those are just. You know, things that I aspire when I think about a book, an audiobook. those two books are just they just do it for me.
0: I was going to say them two books exactly as well. You read Becoming? I did. OK, then. And I would like to add Come Tab on. the Browns, Feeding the Soul.
2: Come on. Yes. Uh,
0: it was a great audio yes. book. I thought I knew a lot about Tab and I did. Listen. But the book let me know there was a lot more that I did not know in her story to freedom and becoming who she is was very inspiring so in her voice is just really great um on audiobook so that was one I enjoyed I think I listened to that in one sitting
1: I love that you guys actually highlighted audiobooks because I think like you know we talk a lot about writing and and that is valid but I think you know a we already shout out the ghostwriters like you know words make it to the page in all sorts of ways and the personalities that drive those books and those narratives are important too and I do. I actually, that was one of the things I did love most about Tapa's book. Um, I, I have the hard copy and I listen to it on audiobook and being drawn in by her, uh, her voice and, and her, her own telling of her stories, I think, uh, is so powerful. So I, I love that you highlighted that. Nobody does that. So I love yes. that. Uh, audiobooks <laughs> that are
2: read by the author are Mm -hmm. just a different experience yes I I totally I I mean if you're you know pen I love a good pen and paper book too because we like to highlight and do the things but Mm -hmm. hearing a book from the author in their voice so you can hear the intonation and when their voice catches when they're you know something sad is about to happen or even I cried a little bit when we were doing ours like being able to authentically capture some of that emotion I find it to be really really beautiful
1: I agree, and yeah, and this is a good time to highlight that. When you know, if you're not gonna pick up the hard copy, "Marriage Be Hard" is available in the audiobook, and it is read by Kevin and Melissa themselves, so you can get their narrative firsthand from them. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank again. you. We had a great time. So thank cool. you for having I, us. I love that. I aim for you to have a great time today. <laughs> thank you so much, <laughs> Kevin and Melissa Fredericks on writing black. Y'all check out Marriage Be Hard, check out Kev on Stage, check out Mrs. Kevin on Stage, and we'll be looking for y'all at the NAACP Image Awards this year. So we'll uh, be there. Good luck. (laughs)
0: Thank Thank
2: you. you.
1: Well, I think we can all agree that was a really fun conversation. And, uh, you know, I'm always down to talk about love. And, you know, I I, I love that Kevin and Melissa referred to Tabitha Brown and Feeding the Soul because that is also a book that is. You know, not as much about relationships per se, although there's a lot of that in there, but it's definitely about love and self-love and and self-fulfillment. But if we want to talk about love, I always go back to this book. This is All About Love, New Visions by Bell Hooks. And, you know as I recommend my favorites every week, Uh, this is one of my all time favorites and I think everybody should get into it. This is about love of community. It's about love of each other. Um, And I I really think that uh, everybody has something to gain from reading this. So those are my favorites for this week and tune in next week for more Writing Black. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of Writing Black. As always, you can find us on the GRIO app or wherever you find your podcasts.
0: Listening to the GRIO's Black Podcast Network. Black Culture Amplified. Witty, honest, entertaining. Introducing Dear Culture with Panama Jackson on the GRIO Black Podcast Network. Listen today on the GRIO mobile app for all the Black Culture debates you don't want to miss. Also available wherever great podcasts are
2: heard.